0: On today's show, the Houston Rockets losing their track meet with the Indiana Pacers Despite a pair of incredible games from Jalen Green and Amin Thompson We're going to discuss the problems with some of Ime Udoka's lineups As well as the lack of offensive hierarchy for this team It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets This is Mission Control Houston Ignition sequence start Throw it up to Jalen Green Shagoon here in the short row Oh my, that's the no look Jabari for three and the win! Look at Tariqson! Here he comes, Toro! No! T-minus, 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast holding for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at jt Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Also free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want your thoughts on this Rockets-Pacers game, this absolute track meet, this high-octane affair in Indiana. Let me know your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer and making the show part of your day every single day. 132 129 loss in Indiana. This game was insane. This was one of the most like fast paced, highest scoring, no defense being played games that I've seen in a minute are possibly the most high powered game we've seen all season from the Rockets. Easily one of their best offensive performances all season. Uh, I, I did the math on this and I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. Five there. one, two, three, four, five, six, eleven 11 players. Scored in double figures in this game, five for the Rockets, six for the Pacers. I, I don't remember the last time I saw that happen. Um, multiple twenty-point games across the board. Uh, it was it was an insane offensive showcase between these two teams, and the Rockets were right there, man. They 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 were so close to being able to win this game. Shout out to Jalen Green for his. Uber efficient offensive performance in this game, a 30 piece on 12 of 21 shooting, uh, had the clutch three pointer late in regulation in this one to give the Rockets uh, to pull the Rockets within three, uh, make it a single possession game. Jalen was fantastic in this one. Want to talk about his performance later, as well as Amin Thompson, who also had some incredibly clutch moments. Defensively late in this game to keep the Rockets alive and giving them a chance to try and win this one, to try and steal this one on the road. I definitely want to spend a little bit of time talking about Jalen and Amin later in the show, but I want to start with with why I think the Rockets lost this game. And it comes down to uh Ime Udoka and his lineup decisions over the course of this game, but especially on that final possession, the final defensive possession. Uh, where he elected to have Jeff Green out there, uh, Aaron Holiday, Jeff Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith Jr., and Amin Thompson was the, the final defensive lineup that, Emu Doka opted to go with, and that was the lineup where, or that was the possession, I should say, where Tyrese Halliburton was able to take Jeff Green off the dribble on a switch and score on a drive, pushing the lead up to five and giving the Indiana Pacers plenty of breathing room. And on the subsequent possession, the Rockets got not one, not two, but three good looks at a three-pointer to try and close the gap, first Jabari, then two back-to-back from Dylan Brooks, and they were unable to sink any of them, so then they settled on what was, I believe, the third or fourth offensive rebound on that very possession, where Al P was able to tip the ball in, uh, and and that was the final field goal for the Houston Rockets, unfortunately, and at that point, it was kind of game over, Um They needed a three, and they really needed a three, and they needed a stop on the possession prior. And it was that lineup that I, you know, it wasn't just that lineup. It's the lineups over the course of the whole game, and we're going to unpack that here in a moment. But to me, one, maybe it had something to do with the fact that Jay Sean Tate has had you know his issues with foul trouble in the past, but I don't understand how you don't have Jay Sean Tate out there in the closing moments where you need, when you're going with your, you know, your defensive specialists lineup, whatever you want to call it, right, where you're subbing out Shingoon, you're subbing out Jalen, you're going with your strongest defenders. I don't know how you don't have Jay Tate in that lineup at the end of the game. And in that moment, Jeff Green looked every bit his age in that moment guarding Tyrese Halliburton. He didn't look like he could stay with him. He got completely burned at the end of regulation and... I have been incredibly impressed by what Jeff Green has done this season as a member of the Rockets, the role that he has played, but he was never supposed to be in this role where he is a full-time backup five. That was not the role that the Rockets envisioned for him. I'm sure that's not the role that he envisioned for himself. He has risen to the task, and he's done, I think, a pretty solid job through most of the season, but especially over these last few weeks, this last month or so, Jeff has really struggled. He's not shooting the ball well. He's just not really defending well. He's getting like brutalized on the boards because he's just not a legitimate five. And so when you have to match him up against other bigger legitimate fives, the Rockets take a hit in the rebounding department. Um, And I think that him being tasked with playing these minutes against legitimate bigs is taking a toll on him. So I don't want to blame Jeff Green because that seems unfair. But at the same time, again, I'm, I'm not even I'm not going to blame Jeff Green. It's a lack of roster flexibility that has led the Rockets to this. Right. It's the fact that Jock Landale's unplayable that has led the Rockets to having to lean on Jeff Green so heavily. Um, but the larger issue here and then when you look at more of the big picture issue here is Ime Udoka's proclivity to run lineups that feature so many non-shooters at the same time. And when I talk about the non-shooters, I'm talking about Alper and Shingun. I'm talking about Amin Thompson. I'm talking about Jay Sean Tate. I'm talking about Jeff Green. uh, And to a lesser degree, uh, Jalen Green and Dylan Brooks. Now, that's a weird one, right? Because you're like, well, Jalen Green and Dylan Brooks are shooters, right? But Jalen Green doesn't shoot well from three. And Dylan Brooks, even though he's shooting well from three has a really slow release and is not the most, he can be a willing shooter, but he's also at time, he just slow release a a lot to do with, you know, that's why I'm putting those guys in their kind of own category off to the side. But the four guys that I mentioned first, the legitimate non-shooters on the roster, if you play, if you play two of those guys at the same time, it's already a bit of a struggle, right? When you have two non-shooters on the floor, things start to get, a little mucky if the other three guys are also struggling or if any of the other three guys are struggling, uh, you know, to shoot the basketball. In this game specifically, Ime Udoka ran so many different lineups that featured three or more non-shooters at the same time that the Rockets' offense struggled to get past those points. And the Pacers' defense, even though it was non-existent from large portions of this game, it allowed them to key in on certain guys and to help off the guys that were non-shooters. When you have Amin Thompson and Jay Sean Tate and Jeff Green all out there at the same time, then guys are going to help off those three guys. They're going to help and and get to, you know, cut off driving lanes. And they're going to help on the guys that are actual shooters like Aaron Holiday and Cam Whitmore. And there's not enough shooting in those lineups to justify Ime Odoka playing them. And there's not enough defense being supplied by those lineups to justify Ime Odoka playing them. So... Unfortunately, there's not really a big alternative right now because Fred Van Vliet was injured. You've got Tari Eason still out due to injury. There's not many alternatives, which is why this trade deadline is so important. And we need to see Rafael Stone do something, make a couple small moves to improve this roster. Because right now, there's just not enough complementary pieces to be able to make this roster work. And so when Ime has to go to his bench, he's kind of screwed like there's really the only alternative on this roster right now is Reggie Bullock, but at least with Reggie Bullock, you're able to keep things opened up to where guys like Alper and Shingun can still go to work or Amin Thompson can still have the proper driving lanes to work with offensively versus having two or three different guys out there that the defense doesn't have to worry about shooting the basketball. And then they're able to crowd or double team or creep in. It's a mess offensively. And the numbers back that up in this game. Against the Pacers, the Rockets' worst lineup was the Holiday, Tate, Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jeff Green lineup. They were a minus eight in three minutes played. Their next worst lineup uh, Alperin, Shingoon, Jay Sean Tate, Jabarius, Jr., Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore. So three non shooters out there with Amin, uh, Shingoon, and Tate. And in three minutes played, they were a minus six. So two different lineups leading to a minus 14. In a game that you lost by three. Because they just don't have the offensive spacing to really function properly. So I think that in addition to the final defensive lineup of the game. That allowed Jeff Green to be matched up with Tyrese Halliburton. Which I think was a huge mistake. As well as the lineups over the course of the game. That have a clear lack of floor spacing. And ability to function offensively. I think that's why the Rockets lost this game. So... How do you improve that? If you're Imei, you got to stop relying on the guys that are non-shooters. You got to be able to stagger your rotations and only ever have at most two of those guys out on the floor at the same time. Now, I'm not going to sit here and do a huge lineup exercise. How could you possibly reshuffle the Rockets rotation? That's not my job. That's Imei's job, but he's got to find a way to figure it out. Maybe it involves playing Reggie Bullock some more. Um, I know that Reggie's really struggled defensively, but there was no defense being played in this game. So you might as well go for it and put another shooter out there on the floor. Somebody that can actually make the Pacers pay for the times where they helped off guys cut off driving lanes, were doubling Alper and Shingun or, you know, sending a second man to stop him in Thompson on his drives, whatever it was. Right. So that's something that absolutely has to change for the Rockets. And it's got to change by Ime Odoka changing the way that he runs his lineups as well as Rafael Stone getting this Rockets roster some help, be it a legitimate backup big man so that Jeff Green's minutes can be trimmed down uh, or some additional shooting for this roster, which is probably the Rockets biggest need heading into the trade deadline. But, Coming up, I also want to talk about the clear lack of offensive hierarchy in this game. We'll get into some of the game flow, some of the individual performances. Definitely want to spend a little bit of time talking about Jalen Green and Amin Thompson, their fantastic performances in this game. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need and all the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guarantee fit only available to u.s customers Today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix. So what is Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. You just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Picks is so simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes Prize Picks the number one DFS app on the market. And here's the cool part. It's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to a hundred times your money, a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand dollars. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks squares marks with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct so, if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you've got to give prize picks a chance. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA with promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, a little bit of the game flow from this one it was the Rockets lost 132-129. They were very much in this game, right? They were in fact leading at halftime. Uh and it wasn't until that third quarter where it looked like the Pacers offense was was going to stay supercharged and the Rockets offense was starting to teeter a little bit. Um Pacers dropping a 38 to 24 quarter there in the third. Uh, and a big part of that was Tyrese Halliburton had a big second half after being, I wouldn't say a non-factor in the first half, but just not quite himself. Also, Tyrese Halliburton was questionable to play this game in the first place. He was on a minutes restriction, uh, only played 29 minutes in this one. So, also, I just want to give a quick shout out to the. I love the Pacers as a team. I I don't so much love them and having to talk about them beating the Rockets right now, but they're just a fun team to watch. Like this was a, this was a fun. Basketball game, like it was so high paced, so so much insane scoring on both ends. The displays of talent were off the charts. The oh my god, the, quite possibly the play of the game uh, for the Rockets, at least, was the Cam Whitmore to Jalen Green alley-oop lob in the first quarter. Holy crap! I first off, uh, shout out to Cam for actually passing the basketball. Second, it was a bad pass. I thought it was heading like into the fifth row uh, of the stadium. And somehow Jalen Green, like go-go gadget, extendo legs, you know, whatever, uh, jumped and was able to like stretch like freaking Mr. Fantastic and grabbed the ball and managed to, you know, send it home through the rim. Still no idea how Jalen actually managed to catch that pass and and send it home. But that was, it was just, it was an insane game. It was a fun game. But within this game, even though the Rockets had five different players scoring in double figures, they had four different guys score 20 or more points in this game, uh, it felt disjointed offensively. And and here's why. The Rockets had no semblance of, of an offensive hierarchy in this game, and you might say, "Well, Jackson, why does that matter?" Like they 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 scored plenty. They had you know they, it worked just fine. I'll I'll argue that it didn't, and here's why: um, there were multiple points in this game where, first off, Alper and Shingun, who is your best player and has been your best player all season, only attempted four shots in the first half. That's unacceptable, right? That's like saying. LeBron James only attempted four shots in the first half, or Donovan Mitchell only attempted four shots in the first half, or Giannis, or who, pick pick any best player on any other team in the NBA, and there's no reason why your best player should only attempt four shots, especially because the Pacers were switching so many of these actions, and Al P had so many opportunities to post up, and post up with a mismatch on him, and go to town on the, paster, on the Pacers, and yet there were there were moments where, like Dylan Brooks, waved off Alper and Shingun when he had a mismatch on on Nimhard at one point in the game. It that to me is unacceptable, and that that is an extension of Ime Udoka and the coaching staff. So not only were the lineups a problem and have been a problem throughout this season, in part because of the roster construction, but also in part because Ime, for whatever reason, chooses to run multiple non shooters at the same time. There's this lack of being able to identify and say, hey, like he's our best player, let's go to him. He's our most efficient player, let's go to him. Especially when he has a mismatch against a Pacers team that is not a good defensive team and is willingly putting mismatches against Alper and Shigun, right? And he's gonna either go one-on-one against that mismatch and score, or he's going to collapse the defense and kick out and get a, get a wide open shot generator for somebody. It was a lot of one-on-one play, a lot of, you know, your turn my turn in this game. There were some moments where the Rockets did a decent job of sharing the basketball, but you know, 50 buckets on 26 assists, not a great job really sharing the ball. Um and I think the biggest evidence here of 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 this issue of not recognizing you know, no offensive hierarchy, not recognizing the hot hand. Jabari Smith Jr was on fire in this game. Jabari Smith Jr had 18 points in the first half on eight of 10 shooting. He was two of two from downtown. And then he went ice cold in the second half, 0 of five in the second half. Complete non factor offensively in the second half. Now, is that Jabari's fault? A little bit, for sure. A little bit. But here's the reason why I think he went cold in the second half. He didn't attempt his first shot in the second half until four minutes into the third quarter. How in the hell do you go? eight of 10 shooting in the first half, score 18 points. And then you don't attempt your first shot in the third quarter until four minutes in. He had a couple free throws before that first shot, but first shot four minutes in, his second shot and his only, he only attempted two shots in the third quarter and he had three shots in the fourth quarter. Again, 0 five in the second half. His second shot in the third quarter was three minutes later. So around the five minute mark of the third quarter, ballpark, give or take. That, to me, is just unacceptable. You cannot, first off, you cannot not highlight your best player in the first half, Alperin Shingun, who only had four shots. I believe it was three of four in the first half. So even though the Rockets had other guys scoring the ball, it's going to take you out of your rhythm if you're just not involved in the offense. And unfortunately for the Rockets, Alperin Shingun is definitely a guy whose motivation and ability to play defense at a, at a passable or even high level, I definitely think hinges on his involvement in the offense. This was one of AlP's worst defensive performances of the season. And I'm sure there's going to be some fans who are upset at hearing that. Um, the the AlP the stands out there. I'm sorry, but it was. This was a bad defensive performance from Alper and Shingun. It was, argue, it was a bad defensive performance from the whole team. There was very little defense being played in this game, unless your name was Amin Thompson. But still you cannot allow your involvement offensively to dictate how much energy or how much effort you provide on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Alpi definitely let that happen in this game. But conversely, you also as the best player on the team shouldn't be uninvolved in the offense. And that was a big part of not having Fred Van Vliet out there on the floor Nobody could throw Alpi an entry pass into the post when he had mismatches. Nobody could hit Alpi with his little pocket pass on the roll to get to the rim and finish around the basket. So not having Fred Van Vliet out there to like spoon feed Alpi his touches definitely hurt his ability to be impactful in this game. And that's why you you saw what it meant, the difference in having, you know, Fred Van Vliet out there. When Fred is out there, Alpi gets fed. And those buckets come clean and easy, and it looks really, really good. And that's the benefit of having a legitimate floor general out there who can get the ball to your big man, whether it be post-ups, whether it be you know on the short roll, whether it be in full-blown pick and rolls. It doesn't matter. So not having Fred out there really hurt Alper and Shingun. And again, I think it's frustrating that Ime didn't step in and, and, and force the team to acknowledge, hey, Jabari's cooking. He's on fire in the first half. Let's go back to him more to start the third quarter. Or, hey, Alperin Shingun has been our best guy, our most efficient player all season long. He's our he's our star player. Let's maybe get him more involved in the offense. It wasn't like the Pacers were doing anything, you know, magical to take him out of the offense. It was really just the Rockets doing a piss-poor job of getting him involved in the offense, And the times where he was involved in the offense where he was kind of forcing the issue in the second half didn't really look great because they were only getting the ball like out on the perimeter at the top of the key where he had to attack the defense, you know, completely squared up against him where it's, you know, kind of like a one four flat. But again, with the non shooters in the lineup and certain guys on the floor, the spacing was abysmal to where guys were cheating off and. They were able to, you know, dig and, and help on Al P. So it was a really rough game overall. Al P has to be better defensively. And I, I can kind of get where some of the frustrations probably came from and why his effort wasn't where it needed to be on the defensive side of the ball. But that also can't be the case. It's just, it, it was messy all over the place. And that's why I wanted to highlight that lack of offensive hierarchy. Because I believe if Fred had been playing, I think we wouldn't have seen Al P struggle to be involved in the offense as much. And we probably also would have seen Jabari continue to be spoon-fed his touches in the second half of this game rather than the offense going literally everywhere else and him cooling off by the time he got his first attempts in in the third quarter. Coming up, want to discuss Jalen Green and Amin Thompson because they both had fantastic games in this one as well as final thoughts from this Rockets-Pacers game. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. You're trying to go out and have a good time. You don't want to be stressed about the ticket buying experience. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the venue. Plus, they've got all in prices, so you know exactly what you're going to pay upfront. no hidden fees. I don't know about you. My least favorite thing when I'm buying tickets to any kind of event is you're going through the process, you're like, nah, nah, select, you know, add to cart, whatever, doing all this. Then you go to check out, and suddenly the price is like double or God, triple sometimes, whatever it was originally gonna be, because they add the handling fee, the convenience fee, the processing fee, the digital ticket fee, whatever, all the made-up fees that they add. Game time doesn't do that. They've got the all-in prices. They show you your total up front. You know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And they're obsessed with finding you ways to save money on your tickets. They've got last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals, all sorts of deals that you're going to want to take advantage of. So take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off of your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And a final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, a bit of a self-plug here. uh, I'm going to be doing, uh, I was reached out to by Bleacher Report, and they asked me if I wanted to host a couple live streams on their app, on their platform. So I'm going to be doing a couple of those uh, trade deadline-centric streams. There will be one Wednesday at noon Central Time, and then there will be another one Friday at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. So if you would be so inclined to tap in and check me out over there, it'd be a ton of fun. Uh, First time doing anything, any kind of content with them, so it should be – a fun experience, hopefully, hopefully not a train wreck, knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be talking a little trade deadline expectations, trade deadline preview, and then reacting to what happens uh, at the trade deadline over there. But that also, we're also going to be doing that right here at Locked on Rockets, our very next episode with none other than the pod Father himself, Bindu Bose, will be our LOR trade deadline preview. So be on the lookout for that one uh, coming out either late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. But let's talk a little... Jalen Green and Amin Thompson because out of this game right there were you know highlighting the struggles the issues with the lineups all that stuff there were some silver linings in this one and that comes in the in the form of Jalen Green who had yet another really stellar offensive performance really all around game from him scoring wise 30 points, 12 of 21 shooting. It was three of five from long distance, including that clutch three-pointer late in the fourth quarter to pull the Rockets within three to give them a chance to try and win this game before before Tyrese Halliburton said, not today. Three of four from the free throw line. Three rebounds, one assist, two steals, zero blocks. Did have four turnovers in this game. So for Jalen, one of the things that I was kind of hoping to see, and, and I'm not sure if we will now that it's, you know, in our last episode I talked about, you know, will Eme start Amin Thompson or is he going to go with one of Aaron Holiday or Cam Whitmore in the starting lineup instead? And he opted to go with Amin Thompson, and Amin had a fantastic game. We'll talk about him in a second. But what this does, though, is it takes away the ability for Jalen Green to be the lead guard um, or exclusively the lead guard. Uh, you know, I was hoping for maybe a, a stretch of games, a stretch of four or five games where we could see Jalen just operate uninhibited with no Fred VanVleet to just see what he has, right? Just let him run the show, let him be the lead guard and see how he handles it. And in this game, his scoring numbers were solid. He was great. Um, he, he had some really impressive drives, some really impressive finishes. The dude can't buy a foul call. It's it's the most egregious thing. Like he drives and gets hit and receives contact and never gets a whistle. It's the it's the actual worst. Um And this was like, this would have been the perfect Jalen Green game. If he had his floor general, like also setting up the offense. Now he did have a Min Thompson and a Min had six assists and the Rockets collectively as a team, I think did a decent job of, you know, moving the basketball around a little bit during stretches of this game, but without a real, without Fred out there to be the floor general, I would have liked to see Jalen step up a little bit more as a playmaker in this game. Now that seems, that's probably going to seem a little unfair. He had 30 points, right? Why are you asking him to do more? But that's kind of the expectation is you want to be a lead guard. You want to be a star player one day, or at least that's the hope for Jalen Green. You've got to be able to step up. You're going to hold him to a higher standard. And we've seen him have games just against the Timberwolves. He had seven dimes and he looked really good as a playmaker in that game. But he also really struggled offensively in that one. So for Jalen, I was thoroughly impressed with his game. I would have liked to see him take on a bit more of the responsibility to kind of steer the offense, to guide the offense, to get. Shingoon involved to make sure that Jabari stayed getting his touches in the third quarter because Amin is still a rookie. And even though Amin was the point guard on the floor, you know, I think Jalen, he's in year three now. He's got the chemistry with these guys. He's one he's the consistent starter of the bunch. Jalen could have taken that upon himself to make sure that the other guys stayed involved. Um, but again, I'm not going to harp on him too much for that. That seems, it's you know, it's just... It's what I would have liked to see from him, and hopefully we'll still see, you know, we'll still get more chances to see Jalen kind of embrace the lead guard role over these next few games. I also wonder if it says anything about uh, Ime's trust in Jalen to be that lead guard, that he went with Amin Thompson as the Fred VanVleet replacement instead of Aaron Holiday or Cam Whitmore. Um, that's probably reading way too much into it, but it's le- it's at least a thought that crossed my mind as we were watching this game uh, in Rockets Watch, uh, and I was like, you know what? Does it, you know, maybe, maybe he, you know, or, or maybe it's maybe it just speaks to the confidence that Ime Odoka has in Amin Thompson that he went with him as the starting guard instead of say the veteran in Aaron Holiday, um, who would be a bit more of a complementary fit with the rest of the starters. But I digress. Uh, Jalen was awesome in this game. He was. Absolutely fantastic. Had the lob early. Had the clutch three late. Had so many nice buckets in this one. Uh, really found a way to get himself going and be really efficient in this game. He was a plus 12 in his 33 minutes played. Um, And Amin Thompson. Amin was... Watching Amin Thompson play defense is one of the craziest things ever because he's such an impactful defender and he has so many like highlight real moments defensively. So late in this game, he it was like, two minutes left in the game, three minutes left in the game. It was late in, in, in the clutch when he forced an over-and-back call on Andrew Nimhard, uh, forcing the turnover and giving the Rockets an extra possession late in this game as they were clawing back in. Because th- this game was this game was 129-119 with three minutes left to play. And the Rockets managed to hold the Pacers scoreless up until it was, what was it, like, they hit a free throw and then Halliburton hit his bucket to end the game. Um, And Jalen had a chance. Jalen pulled them to like one, what was it? 127, 130. I think it was, Uh, or 126, 129. I, I forget where the free throw took place, but, uh, the Rockets held the Pacers scoreless for, a, for a short period at the end of regulation while they were trying to claw their way back into this game. And Amin Thompson's defense was a huge part of that. His defense on Tyrese Halliburton, when he was able to stick to him and not get switched off to another, another, uh, player was absurd. He was a big part of why Tyrese Halliburton, I think in the first half really struggled to get going. Um, he also had that. There was one play where, where Halliburton drove the ball in and he looked like he had Amin Thompson beat. And Amin recovered and managed to block Halliburton. And the ball, like, kind of ricocheted and it knocked off, it bounced off. I don't know if it bounced off Halliburton or another Pacers player, but it bounced off the Pacers somehow. And that was yet another possession late that Amin Thompson was able to manufacture, you know, an extra possession for the Rockets. And that's not all that he was doing out there. Uh, Amin Thompson in this game, his second career start, second career. Uh, well, I don't know second career double-double, but he had another double-double in his second career start. He had 13 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks in his 34 minutes run. He was 6 of 12 from the floor, he was 0 of 2 from three-point land and only 1 of 4 at the free-throw line. So the shooting is a concern. I already highlighted the non-shooting players earlier in the you know in the podcast. The shooting is a concern with the men. But he also had these insane offensive putbacks. Uh, tap outs for extra possessions. Amin Thompson had seven, seven, seven offensive rebounds in this game. His ability to find ways to be effective when he doesn't have the ball in his hands is going to be so key to his development as a player. Because, again, if he was just willing, and there, there were points, unfortunately, in this game where he was just stuck at the three point line and a defender was able to help out. Like, there was one instance where Dylan Brooks or no, I I apologize, where Jabari drove the ball in from the wing and Amin Thompson was at the top of the key. And Amin's defender just completely ignored Amin and went and helped and, and, and cut off Jabari's drive right there with the nail help. And Jabari had no choice but to kick the ball out to the only open man, and that was Amin, and Amin had to settle for taking a wide open three. So those moments need to be cut down on. And unfortunately for Amin, he's gonna have to find a way to become a, at least a semi-reliable three-point shooter because otherwise he's gonna be a guy that's only effective when the ball is in his hands or he's gonna be an offensive liability when the ball isn't in his hands because then defenses are gonna game plan around just, hey, whoever's guarding a man, your free safety, go blow up all the other plays. And the Rockets have worked around that by having a man play around the baseline in the dunker spot. He's able to attack the offensive glass. He's able to cut and be in position to score around the basket. And that works when you have other complementary floor spacers around him. But when you have, Alperen Shangoon, who's not a floor spacer, and at times, you know, Jeff Green or Jay Sean Tate out there as well, then it becomes mucky offensively to where then too many guys are able to cheat and help off their play, off of their assignments, and you don't have those same opportunities for Amin Thompson. So, I loved what we saw out of him in this game. Uh, the first half was definitely better than the second half. Uh, first half, he had four assists, only one turnover. Second half, two assists, uh, and three turnovers? Oh, no, they edited the box score, Sorry. Um, It was four turnovers. Well, they must have changed that. Must have retracted one of them. But he was definitely a little bit better in the first half when it came to facilitating and getting, you know, getting guys involved. He had some nice passes. Um, He had one very early, like a quick, like, touch pass to the corner to Dylan Brooks. Just some great kind of spatial awareness from Amin Thompson. Loving what we're seeing out of him. Uh, so a couple silver linings from this Rockets loss to the Pacers, a, a loss that could have, and maybe should have been a win if a few things had gone differently. If Ime may had trusted some different lineups out there on the court, but, With that, I want your thoughts from this Rockets Pacers game. Let me know how you feel about this one. Uh, Give me your thoughts whether you're listening via podcast, watching on YouTube. Drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.